the ASCO Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton. Could you just uh, tell us who you are, please? Hello, so I'm uh, Harry Hudson. I'm a, a history teacher at a um, state secondary school in uh, West London. Um, and I uh, also do a little bit of writing about uh, education and various things. You do. I've seen you in various places, actually, both in the uh, traditional press. Um, I know you've also talked on, I think it's Times Radio, but you've got this book as well, Must Do Better, How to Improve the Image of Teaching. So just before we get to that, um, how to improve and why it matters. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in teaching? Were you born to be a teacher? Um, well, I don't know about that, but I'm certainly from a family of teachers. So I think if, if it's in the blood, it's in my blood, I think. Um, so that there's plenty of teachers in the background. And um, I suppose teaching is always something that I thought, I kind of thought I would, I would probably quite like. Um, I, I myself loved being a pupil at school um, and I, I always felt very comfortable in a school environment so I always thought it might be somewhere I might be happy to go back um, and then when I left university I kind of had this idea really that I wasn't just going to follow in the, in the family in the family footsteps as it were and I was going to branch out and I despite this kind of feeling that I thought well I, I might I, I think I probably would enjoy teaching I sort of held out for a couple of years. I worked as a TA, actually, with um, uh, special educational needs uh, children um, in, in Oxford, where, where I grew up. Um, and then after a couple of years, I thought, no, I can't, I can't resist the pull anymore. Um, and I trained, and, and here I am. It's great, because quite a lot of times when we talk to people about teaching, teaching uh, w wasn't something which, from their own personal experience in the classroom, they had enjoyed you know you quite a lot of a lot of times including with me um it was something we kind of endured school but you clearly enjoyed it yeah definitely and i i mean i i'm state educated myself and um i had yeah two excellent real experiences really both at primary and at secondary um i had a, a good group of friends which always helps and but teachers as well i had lots of teachers who i could kind of reel off as as having been uh, an important influence on my life in one way or another uh, and and teachers I suppose who, who enjoy teaching um, mm. so in that sense I had I suppose lots of good role models of teachers who clearly liked what they were doing uh, and and took pleasure in being in a school and in and in working with young people and I suppose so, with with that role model it, it was it was an obvious kind of uh, attraction really. So how do you get from from that to deciding that you're going to kind of articulate in a book uh, something about the image of teaching as it is now and then some propositions around what we ought to do to improve the image of teaching you know where did the idea of the book come from well i suppose it, it's an idea that sort of become increasingly clear to me in my the early years of, of my career that 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 it's crazy really the way we view uh, teaching as a as a society and that the way we don't really sort of view teaching on a par with other other professions and and I'd kind of been, had this idea and I was kind of banging on about it to anyone who would listen. Um, and then I thought, well, I mean, rather than just sort of shouting into the wilderness and just sort of, I've got to kind of get this off my chest a bit. And pretty much over the summer holidays, um, I just started writing. It was one of those things where I thought, am I completely wasting my summer holidays here? But I started writing and, and um, obviously I, I met up with Roy as well. And I, 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 the, the words started coming and I thought, no, there is, there is enough here for a book. Um, and it, it came together really well, um, and kind of the, the rest is history. And it's been incredibly well re received, re reading the various reviews. Just just for those people who don't know the legend that is Roy Blatchford, <laughs> just give us a quick thumbnail sketch of, of Roy. 
Right, so Roy, well, I mean, Roy is incredibly experienced within the profession. He's a um, former head teacher himself. He was a head teacher at a very uh, young age himself. And then um, since then, he's been in HMI. He, he's founded the Nag uh, National Education Trust. Um, and he, he now uh, still sort of visits schools at, at an incredible rate. And he writes himself uh, a huge amount. Um, uh, he he co-authored Teacher Standards, um, whenever that was, about, about a decade ago. Um, he chaired the Forgotten Third, so Roy has, has been everywhere in education, um, really, and, and still is, is, plays a very active part um, in sort of policy making uh, today. But my, I mean, my own my own link with Roy actually uh, is is I went to, to school with his son, so we we were at primary school together, and then we we played cricket together actually at a at a club um, as we as we grew up through our sort of teens, early teens. Um, so that that was my link really with Roy. Um, yeah. Great. Well, uh, our school members will know him chiefly because he chaired our English commission, which came exactly. to be called the Forgotten Third. And if anyone was ever on a mission around it, but but also the kind of wordsmithery, mm. even that phrase, the Forgotten Third, mm. has resonated incredibly. It's uh, it's referenced in almost every uh, meeting I have at the department. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk about the book. So um, the the book's in in three sections. You talk about the problem. You talk about teaching in the 21st century and how it could look but in particular at the end there you get into a kind of manifesto for change and one of the things I like about it is that you start pretty much every chapter with a pithy little reflection often from famous people I'm looking at one from Emma Thompson now mm. who reference um, a teacher who had a big impact on them so should, should, we, should we talk about the first section so what, what are the problems around teaching well, I kind of as I referenced earlier, really, I think there there is this kind of view in society, um, and I should say as well from the outset that this this is kind of a British thing, and that that while other countries do share this as well, it doesn't have to be like this. Not, not, this isn't this kind of status quo in every country. Where in this country, I think we view teaching as a bit of a sort of fallback option, something that you do if you haven't quite made it really in, in your career, and it's kind of okay. It, it's sort of not. It's not. Um, it's not a bad thing exactly, but it's not a sign that you've made it. It's it's kind of not a profession in the way that like medicine or law or I don't know engineering or um, architecture those kind of professions. It's not seen in the same kind of uh, framework as those, and it's kind of this idea that oh anyone can do it. How hard can it be? Um, and it, what's been really interesting actually is as I've as I suppose uh, as I wrote the book, as I talked to people, as I was researching it. And then indeed, since it's um, come out and since I've been talking to people who've read it, is that everyone says, uh, yes, this is a problem. Or yes, I recognise this, uh, either in my own experiences or, or in attitudes that have been expressed to me about, about teaching. But equally, everyone says, well, kind of thus it ever was. I mean, uh, what can we do about it? Kind of teaching has always been viewed in that, in that, in that light. And uh, I mean, it always will be, is what people say. And again, going back to sort of the motivation of the book, the more I thought about this and the more I've come, come up against this attitude, this sort of shoulder shrugging, the more I thought, well, this is crazy. I mean, it doesn't have to be like this. Um, and as I say, it isn't uh, elsewhere in the world. So why, why do we continue with this, this sort of idea of teaching uh, as we do? And that's the bit that doesn't quite make sense to me, because elsewhere in the world, uh, all, all the adults have been to school. And so you would expect that all of those adults would think, well, you know, anyone can teach. I could do that as well. This, this does, as you say, it's not even that it's distinctively a UK issue. I think it's distinctively an English issue, if anything. I think there is a higher status for teachers, for example, in, in Scotland and in Northern Ireland than there is in England. It is just extraordinary. So you've kind of opened with a very interesting area. But speaking as someone who is the 
General Secretary of a trade union. You do point a finger of blame to some extent at trade unions themselves, don't you, in the book? Well, yes, we do. And it's a tricky issue, this, because I think it's partly a function of just the the role and the purpose of a union is clearly to to stand up for members and to stand up for members of the profession. And what that therefore often uh, involves is complaining about the status quo or saying why uh, some some element of the profession isn't right. Um, And therefore, the voice that that sort of ordinary members of the public who aren't involved in teaching often hear uh, from teachers is that of the unions, and and, and its unions often clearly, in many cases with full justification, saying this isn't right, this needs to change. But therefore, kind of in the public mind, people often associate teachers with people who just spend their whole time complaining uh, and their whole time... Uh, sort of dissatisfied. Now, that kind of isn't clearly a um, uh, a fair representation of of what a lot of frontline teachers are thinking. And I suppose one of the things we argue in the book is that we need in the media to get a bit more a bit more of a kind of balanced uh, voice of teachers out there so that we're not we don't always just hear when when we're sort of hearing from teachers we're not just always hearing that uh, from the unions but we're hearing from teachers speaking about other things as well. Um, not just kind of coming out into the media when when there's something that that needs uh, resolution. Yeah, you make that point in in the, in the final section where you're t- you're essentially giving a kind of cri de coeur to more people to have the confidence to go and articulate what it is like to be a teacher. Um, so you get that kind of authentic voice. But I wonder if taking the two things we've talked about the perception of teachers, the fact that it's different here than it is overseas, and then your point that unions often appear to, on behalf of teachers, criticise the status quo. I just wonder if what, you, you, you don't say a lot about this, but it is implicit, is that what makes us different from, let's say, the Finlands, the Shanghais, etc., mm-hmm. is that what, you, what we have moved to here is a sense of teachers as uh, the deliverers of other people's curricula, other people's assessment, that that sense of what is it I as a teacher have distinctively developed, mm. what is my skill set equivalent to a solicitor, um, a, a doctor or whatever. Mm. Maybe we haven't been good enough at saying there is a whole set of skills here and maybe this is the moment to do that better because teachers have been noticed by parents during the pandemic in the way that perhaps they weren't before. Exactly. Yeah, that is spot on, uh, Jeff. I think that hits the nail on the head. I, yeah, two things there, I suppose. Firstly, this is the, that's again that is why we've written the book now and that's why we've we've brought it out when we have because we think this is the moment to to talk about this if ever there were a moment to change the image of teaching it is now um, when as you say parents have come up close and personal with what it means to try to teach young minds difficult concepts and actually for the first time in many cases they're realizing uh, blimey this is this is harder than it looks um, so yes that's the first thing this is the moment and then again you're exactly right we as a profession need to do better at telling the outside world um, what it means to be a teacher. And the, particularly some of the, the sort of cognitive psychology, the neuroscience, which is informing modern practice, which is informing modern uh, ITT programmes, um, we need to do a better job at saying, actually, no, teaching is a profession. Teaching does have a skill set which, uh, which cannot just be kind of um, taken on the hoof, which needs to be learnt, which needs to be practised, which needs to, to be developed as with any other uh, comparable profession. Um, and, and that is, again, that's kind of uh, why we've written part two of the book as we have. It's a, it's a kind of an effort to, uh, to at least to begin to show people who perhaps themselves aren't acquainted with teaching, uh, this is just some of, the, some of what it involves. Um, and yeah, we, we've written, 
we've written the book very much with the general reader in mind uh, to that end. Yeah, and um, you're, you're right. The section section two is doing that. It's basically saying here we are in the 21st century. What what should being a teacher in the 21st century consist of? You mentioned kind of uh, de demonstrating how we would use aspects of neuroscience, etc. Mm. But you you also talk about the need for the workplace itself to feel different from perhaps it has in the past. Do you want to just explore that? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, again, this is partly uh, in the context of, of COVID and and people working from home. And I think what's, uh, what the pandemic has done for, for a lot of teachers is, uh, is allow them to, to kind of appreciate how much they enjoy being in a school uh, and working with colleagues. Um, and uh, and that, that kind of environment of collegiality, of, of, of yeah, working with each other uh, in this kind of common endeavor that is teaching is something actually that's really precious and that a lot of us really, really missed uh, when we were stuck at our laptops uh, on whatever Google Classroom or Teams at home uh, without kind of the, the, the camaraderie that comes with it. And that is something that teaching should make part of its, uh, if not necessarily a USP, certainly a strong selling point uh, as people, people who, whose jobs are now perhaps being moved at least to, to partly working from home on a permanent basis, people thinking, well, actually, I don't want that. I want to work with other people. Well, teaching's, teaching's for you. Absolutely. And I, I remember from my 32 years that the, 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 for all the frustrations you sometimes had with teaching, you were surrounded by really bright people who had a passion for their subject and had a passion beyond that for taking their subject and wanting to communicate it in a way that gave that to young people. I mean, incredible privilege that. And it's interesting that listening to the way you're saying this, you say it similarly in the book. Let's just get to section three, because what you talk about in the beginning of section three is why don't we build a brand around teaching? Just just kind of explore that for me. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, exactly. And I, I, what we talk about in, in section three is a kind of a conversation starter. And we, we say very explicitly at the start of that, that we don't propose clearly between uh, the two of us, Roy and I, to have all the answers to this. What we're doing is putting out some ideas and, and hoping some people will, will come up with their own and, and at least consider what we're suggesting. And yet with that idea of building a brand, what we're saying really, I suppose, is that if you look at uh, medicine, there is a very clearly identifiable NHS brand, a very uh, clearly well-respected brand, arguably one of the most respected in the country. And then if you compare that with teaching, individual schools clearly have their own branding and are very good at letterheads and signs outside the schools and uniforms, etc. But the teaching profession doesn't have a brand. When you train to teach, you train with a particular teaching provider. So you, you train with a skit or you train uh, through university or you, you train with Teach First. And you are very much entering through that avenue. You are a Teach First teacher or you are a skit teacher. You aren't kind of entering the teaching profession, as it were. And obviously, clearly you are, but it's not sold in, in quite in that way. I suppose what we are therefore saying is that there should be a greater sense of sort of cohesion across the country between schools in that you are joining this wider, uh, this wider profession, um, which, yeah, which is a prestigious profession to be joining. And it's not kind of atomized into individual providers, which all just happen to be training teachers. Well, Harry, I've read lo lo lots of books on this topic. What I like about this is, first of all, the accessibility of it. It's written in a very nice kind of light um, style. Um, also, it takes us into areas people haven't, don't, don't don't talk about it very often. And I think that whole notion of how we 
brand the profession, how we actually take the holidays, which are often flung at us as criticisms and say, actually, this is one of the great selling points. If you want to spend yeah. time with your family, uh, there is no better profession. I know that yeah. person. There's, so there's lots of things which just slightly turn some of the narrative on its head, added to which what I like, and you do one right at the end of the last chapter, is it's got some great quotations. So perhaps we'll just finish with this Japanese proverb you've got at the beginning of chapter 15. Better than a thousand days of diligent study is one day with a great teacher. Great, mm -hmm. great quote. Absolutely great mm -hmm. quote. Mm -hmm. Harry, best wishes with the book. Thanks for talking to me about it. And uh, I'll leave you to go and do your marking of your history papers now. <laughs> Thanks very much, Jeff. Thanks for your time. The Askell Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton.